Choose to be spiritually Christ-minded always. We declare we are walking in the peace and joy of the Holy Ghost. We declare we are yielding to the risen cloud of the Spirit over us for 2023. We acknowledge daily surprises of God's goodness and mercy over us and our affairs in 2023. We acknowledge daily that ourselves, our household, church, and affairs will not be a victim of the setup of any evil intent and attempt in Jesus' name. We acknowledge daily that we are walking in the realities of divine healing and health in Jesus' name. We acknowledge daily that our needs are supplied according to Christ's riches in glory. We acknowledge daily that we are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We acknowledge daily that we are strengthened with might by the Holy Ghost in our inner man. We acknowledge daily as sons of God. The Lord is causing us to triumph in Christ and making manifest through us the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ in every place. We acknowledge daily a sustained hunger to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. We acknowledge daily a sustained hunger to be filled with the Spirit. We acknowledge daily a sustained hunger to manifest the gifts of the Spirit. We acknowledge daily a sustained hunger to preach the gospel. Heal the sick, cast out devils, and disciple men in the knowledge of the truth. We acknowledge daily a sustained hunger to see the refugees grow mightily in discipleship and membership. We acknowledge daily we are walking in love towards the brethren. We acknowledge daily that we are protected and preserved in Christ. We acknowledge daily in 2023 that what men fear will fear us in Jesus' name. What make men quake will quake before us in Jesus' name. We acknowledge daily that as sons of God, we are walking without limitations in Jesus' name. We acknowledge daily that increase is our portion. We increase by the Spirit in grace. Love towards the brethren. And abundance on every side in Jesus' name. We acknowledge daily that in 2023 we are walking by the Spirit. 
and not by our might and power in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, 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 make a joyful noise apart from our constitution. Church hallelujah. Church hallelujah. Church hallelujah. Church hallelujah. 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 Yeah. 
If you ask me, I'll say the Holy Spirit wrote it. It's in Revelation. Amen. Amen. The blessings and all of the glory. Wisdom and
Galatians chapter 3, verse 5. Can you flash it on the screen, please? Anywhere Jesus is, is not for show. He always will show walkings. And the walkings will be in alignment with the vision of the Father. This will bring a blessing to you. He says, He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit and walketh miracles amongst you. So it is guaranteed. It's a guarantee that there is a supply of the Spirit of God here. It's guaranteed that there is a supply of the Spirit of Christ here. I can't hear you say an amen. Listen, when you read this like this, you confirm it and say, I agree with you. I'm in alignment with the Spirit of Christ. And it says, He works miracles amongst you. He works miracles amongst you. So when I sing songs like this, we do mighty things. I'm not just singing it because it sounds sweet. This is the basis, the foundation where I'm born to sing it.
Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Lift your hands and just worship Jesus. Worship him, give him thanks. I want you to put your mind on him. This is a Holy Ghost stroke healing meeting. Just lift up your hands and worship Jesus. Thank him. Tell him, Jesus, I want to see you today. I want to experience you today. I want to encounter you today. Touch me, Jesus. Touch me, Jesus. Open your mind and do that. Tell him, Lord, I want to leave here with a touch from you today. I don't want to leave here the same way I came. I want to leave here with a touch from you today. Tell him. Thank you. Jesus. Name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, 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 Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer. Living word, living word. Jesus, Jesus. Name above all name. Name above all name. Beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Lord, Lord. Blessed Redeemer, blessed Redeemer, living world. Lift your hands and say, Jesus, touch me this morning, Jesus. Touch me with your presence this morning. Touch me with your presence this morning. I want you to say that to him. Lord Jesus, touch me with your presence this morning. Touch me with your presence. Touch me with your presence this morning. Whatever you've not planted in my life, let it be rooted out. Whatever is limiting your glory in my life, let it be rooted out. Whatever is limiting you in my life, let it be rooted out. Touch me, Lord. Holy Spirit manifest in your presence. And in your power, blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.
declare what the Lord showed me there are two um, okay let me put it this way there are two you expecting children the Lord opened my eyes I saw two boys that are going to be born to women in this house Two boys. Two boys. I don't know who you are, but if you believe, you see, when God speaks, faith takes. When God speaks, faith does what? Faith doesn't just listen. What does faith do? It takes. When you say amen, that's a grab of faith. I receive it. If God speaks and you do not respond, he'll pass you. Because God will never force himself on you. Even if it is will for you, if your faith doesn't reach it out and take it, nothing will change in your life. The Spirit of God will be releasing things from the Father. And as they are coming, reach out in faith and say, I receive it in Jesus' name right now. Lift your hands and worship him. Thank him right now. Thank him right now. Say, Lord, I want to see you. Open your mouth and pray that. I want to see you. I want to experience you. I want to see you, Lord. Touch me, 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 Lord. Now, hear me. There is coming a mighty visitation of God in someone's life here. I don't know who you are, but God knows you. There is coming a mighty visitation that would bring about a total turnaround. There, there, there are some things that will shift. There are some things that will move. There are some things that will have to get out of the way because God is bringing a turnaround, 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 a turnaround. If you believe it, receive it in the name of Jesus. There's someone here, hear me. In the next one to two weeks, if this happens to you, know it's you. But in the next one to two weeks, in the next one to two weeks, there are some people God will lead you to, to lead to come across your way. You will not look for them because you can't find them. But God will cause their steps to find you. And, and hear me, you will give a testimony by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
and the person I'm talking to in the next two, you will see what will happen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's someone here you've been having nightmares, funny, funny dreams that are scaring you. I'm here to tell you, fear not. Fear not. We shut down that dream in Jesus' name. You've been having this pattern of dream that has been bothering you. I want you to know that the love of God and the goodness of God towards your life is bigger than that dream. The fact that you dreamt it doesn't mean it should be so. No dream can override the word of God. So I speak to you in the name of Jesus, peace be still. And we shut down that dream in the name of Jesus. From today, you will begin to have dreams of victories upon victories in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands and just give him worship. Come on, thank him. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Lift your hands and worship him. In the mighty name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We have not gathered to man but to you and to you alone. We ask that you will speak to us. We know that you have prepared so many things for us. Your word says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. And by your spirit, you'll be unveiling them through your word and by your spirit today. I pray, Father God, that each and every one you've drawn here will not live here without a testimony in Jesus' name. I pray that at the end of this meeting, they will live with a touch of heaven that will speak in their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody shout a big amen. Shout a big amen. Now, look at two or three people on your left and right. Tell the person, God has a word for you. And it's good to see you in church this morning. Hallelujah. Please have your seat. You're welcome. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you expectant? Are you expectant? Remember the story of the woman with the issue of blood. One woman came to touch Jesus and God healed. Every other person was there. Nothing happened to them. So the fact that you are present doesn't mean you're going to touch God. If you're going to touch him, you have to reach out by faith. You have to be expectant. The woman with the issue of blood said, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made what? I'll be made whole. So when you are in a meeting, especially a Holy Ghost meeting like this, let your faith be attentive and let your faith be active. Say, I believe and I receive today. Can you say it louder? Say, I believe and I receive today. Say, I believe and I receive today. Your faith is through your mouth. So what you say is what you're going to receive. Amen. So I want to welcome everyone here um, for our Holy Ghost stroke healing service. The theme of this meeting is cultivating intimacy 
with the Holy Spirit. But first of all, let me say this. What is the purpose of a Holy Ghost meeting? You've heard that meeting before. I'm going to make a statement and I will tell you why. When God made man in the beginning, we know that the Bible says God is a spirit. Is that not true? Is that not true? Yes, say with me, say God is, God is a spirit. Say it one more time. John 4, 24 says that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. So for man to worship God, God had to make man a spirit. Is that not true? So man is spiritual by nature, by origin, and by design. Say with me, say, I am spiritual by nature. I am spiritual by origin. I'm spiritual by design. Say that one more time. Say, I am spiritual by nature. I'm spiritual by origin. And I am spiritual by design. Why? Because you came from a God who is a spirit. Is that not so? Now, because God wanted us to operate in the earth, he gave us a clothing of human flesh called your body. Tap your body. Say, this is my body. Say it one more time. Which means you are not a body. Is that not so? Your body is your house. We are in a building. We are not the building. We are in a building. We can't call ourselves the building because we're not the building. We are inside the building. You are in a body. You are not a body. So any thinking that makes you think that you are a body has disconnected you from your source. So a Holy Ghost meeting is to restore two things in your life. Everybody say, my consciousness. Your consciousness is what you are aware of. And number two, your attitude, the way you see yourself, the way you carry yourself, and the way you act. Most of the time, we become natural in our consciousness and in our attitude. We forget we are spiritual by design. It is only when we begin to go through circumstances and challenges in life that, that sometimes we lack explanation. We don't understand what's happening to us. The reason is because you have stopped connecting and flowing from where you came from. Did you hear what I said? So a Holy Ghost meeting is to help you restore the consciousness and attitude of the spiritual in your life. To remind you that you are a spirit being, you came from a God who is a spirit, and he wants you never to forget the consciousness that you are a spirit being. Say amen. Say, I am spiritual by nature. I am spiritual by origin. I am spiritual by design. Hallelujah. So it's important to understand that. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, so we're going to get into the word. I trust the Holy Spirit to teach and help you get this. Um, cultivating intimacy with the Spirit of God. I'm going to make three statements as an introduction, and I'll introduce you to the Holy Spirit. Write this down. We cannot live the Christ life without the Spirit. You cannot live the Christian life or the Christ life without the Holy Spirit. Write that down. It's important that you understand that. You cannot live the Christian life or the Christ life. The Christian life is the Christ life because the Christian life is about Christ. You cannot live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. You can't. Number two, write this down. You cannot do 
the Christ walk without the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, Jesus said, if you believe in me, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these you will do. There are works that God has ordained for those who are born again to do. You cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. You can't live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. You can't do the Christian walk or the Christ walk without the Holy Spirit. You can't even serve God without the Holy Spirit. What did I say? You can, see, you cannot serve God with your good mind or your best intention. As sincere as your intentions are, you cannot serve God with your good intention without the help of the Holy Spirit. What does the Bible say in Zechariah 4, 6? It says, not by might, not by, but by, but by, I'm not hearing you, but by, so not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And the final statement I want to say is, you need the Holy Spirit. Say, I need the Holy Spirit. I didn't hear you. Say it one more time. Look at somebody close to you. Say, I need, say you need the Holy Spirit. See, this statement, I, I don't want it just to be a statement. I want it to become something that is a reality in your life. That you need the Holy Ghost. Now, who is the Holy Spirit? I'm not doing a, an extensive teaching. I just want to highlight something the Holy Spirit said about the Holy Ghost. And we're going to go into how do we then cultivate intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit as our helper. The Holy Spirit is what? Our helper. He introduced him as our helper. He is the helper that we need. Say with me. Say the Holy Ghost is the helper that I need. I didn't hear you. You need help. Do you realize that? God says we need help. And he gave us the helper to help us. You cannot do without help. God knows we need it. And so he gave us the helper. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the comforter. Comforter simply means helper. He is the one assigned by Christ to help the church. When we use the word the church, we're talking about the body of believers make up the church. The church is not a building. The church is an organic body made up of Christians, believers, people who are born again. So we who are born again, we are called the church. And the church needs the help of the Holy Spirit. Not only did Jesus assign the Holy Spirit to help the church, he also assigned the Holy Spirit to reach out to the world through the church. So as he helps us, he's going to help the world through the church. Say amen. amen. Turn your Bible to John 16, verse 7 to 15. We're going to read the scripture, and I'm going to mention three things um, that the Spirit of God will do for the world. Hallelujah. John 16. Are we there? Verse 7 to verse 15. John 16, verse 7 to 15. Jesus was telling disciples, hey, it's time for me to leave. It's time for me to leave you guys. And they were sad. They were sorrow. So Jesus said, hey, you guys, because I told you that I'm going to leave and people will persecute you thinking they're doing the work of God. But the reason they are persecuting you is because they don't know the Father and they don't know me. That's why they're treating you the way they're treating you. He said, but, but I've noticed that because I said I was going, sorrow has filled your heart. 
But he says, no, 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 no. You don't need to be sorrowful. My going is a good thing. Then he says in verse 7, what did he say? Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. He says, hey, don't be sorrowful. My going away is for your good. The word expedient means it's better, it's profitable, it's more advantageous that I go away. He said, because if I do not go, the comforter will not come unto you. So I have to leave. If I don't leave, the Holy Spirit, which is the helper, will not come. But if I depart, what did he say? I will send him unto you. Then verse 8, he says, And when he is come, what will he do? He will reprove the word of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no, uh, no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Verse 12, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear, you cannot handle them. You don't have the capacity to understand them. What did he say? You can't bear them now, but habit, nevertheless. But when he, the spirit of truth, so the helper is called the spirit of truth. When he's come, what will happen? He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. For whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come, and he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. Verse 15, final verse. All things that the Father hath a mind. Therefore I said I, that he would take of mine, and show it unto you. Let me summarize what we just read. What we just read from verse 7 to 15 summarizes the two mission of the Holy Spirit. Write this down. The Holy Spirit, our helper, has two missions. From what Jesus just introduced, he was telling the disciples, the Holy Spirit, which is the comforter, the helper, has two missions. Write this down. Number one, he has a mission to the world. Remember I said he will reprove the word of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. The first mission of the Holy Spirit is his mission to the world. What is a mission? A mission means the purpose of ministry for something. Something assigned to someone to do. So the first mission of the Holy Spirit is to the world. Then number two, write this down. The second mission of the Holy Spirit is to the church. The world refers to those who are not born again, the unsaved. So the mission of the Holy Spirit to the world is the mission of the Holy Spirit to those who are not born again, who are not saved. Then the second mission of the Holy Spirit is the mission to the church, the body of Christ, you and I. Let's quickly or briefly look at the Holy Spirit mission to the world. Jesus revealed to us in the passage we just read that the mission of the Holy Spirit to the world is in three categories. The Holy Spirit will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and what? Judgment. What does that mean? 
Write this down. The word reproof simply means to convict, not to condemn. The Holy Ghost doesn't condemn. If anything is condemning you, it's not the Holy Spirit. Did you hear what I said? Why? Romans 8. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in what? In Christ Jesus. All right? So if you're born again, the Holy Ghost doesn't condemn. The Holy Ghost convicts. There's a difference between condemnation and, conv and convict. To condemn means to make someone, to write someone off, and to remind someone how helpless he or she is because of his fault. That's condemnation. When you condemn somebody, you're not helping the person, you're putting the person down. And the Holy Ghost doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In 1 John, the Bible says, if your heart condemn you, God is greater than your heart. Which proves to us God doesn't condemn. Look at the number say, God doesn't condemn. Have you ever done something bad and you felt so guilty? Has that ever happened to you? You felt remorse. Now, the reason you felt bad was because of what you did. It was the Holy Ghost that was trying to draw you back. The Holy Ghost was the voice of conscience trying to show you back to the right way. The Spirit of God is not the one condemning you. It is what you did that is condemning you. Did you hear what I said? So, the Holy Ghost will convict. What does it mean to convict? It means to change the hearts of the world so that they will know the truth of God's love to them in the area of sin, righteousness, and what? Judgment. And I'm going to give you one scripture for each of them so you understand them. Are, are we together? The first area that the Holy Spirit will convict the world is of sin. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and what? Falling short of the glory of God. Why have all sinned? We have all sinned because Adam sinned. Is that not true? Adam made us sinners. When Adam sinned, you sinned. Even before you told your first lie, you were, you were a sinner, not because you lied. You were a sinner before you lied. You were a sinner because Adam sinned. The offense of Adam became the offense of the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. Adam sinned. We all sinned. And because we sinned, we lost the glory of God. Now, what did God do about sin? This is very powerful. The Holy Spirit is the only one, as the gospel of God is preached, that can convict the heart of a sinner to make him understand his sinfulness and his lost state and his need for God. Are you hearing me? Nobody can, I, I don't care how brilliant you are as a preacher, I don't care how sweet your voice is, I don't care how croaky your voice is, it's the Holy Spirit that can convict the heart of a sinner. Did you hear what I said? If the Holy Ghost doesn't touch the person's heart, nothing will happen. So Jesus said, the Holy Ghost, because on our own, we can't change anybody. On our own, we can't help anybody. So in order to reach the world, the Holy Spirit will convict the world. It's a work of grace in the heart of a sinner. So the first thing the Holy Ghost will remind the world of is that you are a sinner because you don't have Jesus. He said they are sinners because they don't believe in me. And it's the Holy Ghost that can bring that in the heart of a sinner. Say amen. amen. Number two, the Holy Spirit will convict the sinner of righteousness. The Holy Spirit will convict the sinner of righteousness. Jesus said, of righteousness because I go back to my Father. Is that not so? Now, what does righteousness mean? It simply means to have right standing with God. Everybody say right standing with God. Right standing with God. If you are the son of a president, 
Do you know you have a right standing before your father? You can walk into, uh, let's assume that your father is uh, the president of Nigeria. So we call the presidential as Asso Rock. Is that not so? Yeah. Now, do you know you don't need any clearance to go to Asso Rock if your father is the president? You know why you don't need it? Because you are the son. And as a son, by birth, you have a standing. Is that not true? You can go into your father. Now, he may be in a meeting and probably he may, he may not want to talk with you because he's having some important meeting. But after the meeting, he has to give you audience. It is, his, it is your right for your father to give you audience. True or false? It is your right when your father sees your call, he can call and say, hey, son, I'll call you back. Why? Because it's your right. He's your father. You are the son. There's a right standing between you and your father. When Adam sinned, the right standing between God and man was lost. That was why when God came, they ran. What made man run was because man lost the righteousness of God or the right standing between God and man. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to go back to my father. And as I go back to my father, going back to my father is proof that the price to restore the right standing between God and man has been paid. Did you understand what I mean by that? That's what the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It said, Christ, who knew no sin, was made sin for us, that we might be made, what? The righteousness of God in Christ. So the Holy Spirit will convict the heart of the world of their need to have a restored standing with God. Number three, what is the third mission of the Holy Spirit to the world? Judgment. Everybody say judgment. judgment. Say judgment. judgment. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit is the only one that can make the sinner realize that Satan has been judged. Say that with me. Say Satan has been judged. I didn't hear you. Say Satan has been judged. What is the reason people are in bondage? Because they believe Satan has some right to hold them in bondage. If you come from a village or a town where witches or witchcraft is predominant and you come from that kind of society, one of the lies they would tell you is that, you know, your village, they are bad guys, they are bad people, they kill people. And that may be true. And, and it could put some fear in you that Satan has power and Satan can do harm. Satan can, you know, if you don't run away from him or do what he wants you to do, he can hold you in bondage. Hey, in Christ, that is not true. Say amen. When Jesus rose from the dead, in fact, when he died, his death judged Satan. Are you hearing me? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 says, let me read it for you. Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15. He said, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That means Jesus became a man for your sake and my sake. God had to become a man for your sake and my sake. That true death, everybody say true death. The word death there refers to the death on the cross. He might do what? He might destroy him. The word destroy doesn't mean to annihilate or wipe out of existence. The word destroy means to stop the reign of someone. When Adam fell, Satan began to reign. So when Jesus died, he brought down 
that reign of Satan. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That he through death might destroy him that had the power of death. That is who? The devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Jesus defeated and dethroned Satan through his death. So as the gospel is preached, it is the Holy Spirit that will convict the heart of sinner that, hey, you don't have to stay in bondage anymore. Jesus has set you free. The one who held you bound has been bound. Hallelujah. And you can be free from the torture of the enemy. Somebody say glory be to God. So the three mission of the Holy Spirit to the world through the church is to convict the sinner of sin, of righteousness, and of what? Judgment. Let us look at the mission of the Holy Spirit to the church. Jesus also said in his statement to the disciple that the Holy Spirit has a mission to the body of Christ or the body of believers. Jesus revealed in verses 12 to verse 15 that the Holy Spirit will help the believer in the following ways. The first of all, he said the Holy Spirit will help you by guiding you. Tell your neighbor you need guide. Have, have you ever gone to a place and you say you need a tour guide? Have you, you know what a tour guide is? Now, a tour guide means if you go to a place, you need someone to be able to guide you and show you where you are supposed to go. Are you with me? You, you've seen that. Let me give you a very practical example I gave years ago. Assuming you are looking for someone and there is a flat that is made up of 100 flats and the person you are looking for, you don't know where the person is living. You don't know the flat number and you want to see the person. Without a guide, is it possible to see the person? No, no, it's possible, but you, <laughs> if you are alive, because by the time, you, that means you have to go through the entire flat, asking from one door to another, please, are you Mr. So-and-so? Say no. Then you go to number two, before you may, you may get to 100. And meanwhile, the person you're looking for is in number 16. But if you meet a guide who knows the person and knows where the person is, he will just point it to you. Is that not so? Say, go to flat 16. That's where you are. Many of us are wasting away in life, wasting precious energy and time trying to figure life on our own. See, let me tell you one thing. Without the guide of the Holy Spirit, life will be frustrating. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everything God has prepared for you has a location and an address. And that address is with the Holy Ghost. Without the guide of the Holy Ghost, you can't locate it. As a matter of fact, if the Holy Ghost is not the one guiding you, you might be rolling away from what God has planned for your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So one of the first ways the Holy Spirit will help the believer is to guide the believer. But what will he guide you towards? It's important to understand it. The Holy Ghost will guide you to the truth, all the truth. Everybody say the truth. I didn't hear you. Say it louder. What would the Holy Ghost guide me to? What would the Holy Ghost guide me to? Why the truth? The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Without possession of the truth, you cannot be free. Outside of the truth is bondage. Until you know the truth, you are in bondage. And it is when you know the truth that you can be free. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the job of the Holy Ghost is to lead you to all the knowledge of the truth. Truth concerning who? Not truth just concerning men. You may know men, but if you don't know Christ, what you know about men is useless. Did you hear what I said? If you, you may know your job, but if you don't know Christ, what you know about your job is useless. Anything you know in the natural that you don't know in God is useless. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So the job of the Holy Spirit is to lead us into the knowledge of the truth of Christ so we can be free. Because hear me, brothers and sisters, life is spiritual. Life is more than natural. Did you hear what I said? Life is spiritual. I told you the story of a guy who, very intelligent, made a first class, was doing his PhD, and uh, he used to be, you know, used to serve God, but, but he became too intelligent and he felt that he didn't need God again. So he, he, he born church and was just, you know, walking towards his PhD, becoming a professor. He was a young guy, very intelligent guy. Then something happened to him. The enemy struck him. A sickness that they could not medically diagnose hit him. They will take him to the hospital. They cannot tell you what is wrong, but something is wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Life is spiritual. As a woman, a lady used to come to church. They used to live behind here. The mother had an illness, and it was strange. It was a very strange one. It's a kind of illness that when they take her to the hospital, the moment they enter the hospital yard, she'll be fine. They will do all the tests. Everything will be normal. But once she comes out of the hospital and gets home, everything will return back. So the doctor kept telling her, I don't know what's wrong with your mother. Because everything from her medical test shows that she's normal and she's okay. But she, you could tell that she's dying. So during one of our Holy Ghost meetings, like the one we're having today, she invited the mother. The mother came for the service. I didn't even lay hand on her. I was praying. While I was praying, she said she felt the presence of God come on her. And she felt like going to stool, going to the toilet. She said she went to the toilet and passed out all kinds of waste. After that experience, the sickness left her. That's how she got healed. Just like that. Now, which medical knowledge can teach you that? None. There is a limit to natural knowledge. If you, if you rely on natural knowledge, you can't go very far. Because when you face, face things that are beyond the natural, you will be at a disadvantage. You need the knowledge of the truth of Christ to give you the supernatural edge. Did you hear what I said? Why do I need the knowledge of the truth? To give me what? The supernatural edge. Somebody say glory be to God. So the first ministry of the Holy Ghost is to guide us. Write this down. The, the, the Holy Spirit guides us with the emphasis of knowing Christ. Christ is the syllabus and diet of the Christian. What did I say? I just made a very strong statement now. When you go to school and you're reading a course, or even in primary school, they give you what they call your course content. Is that not so? Huh? All of you can relate to that. Your course content. Your course content gives you an outline of the courses you will do. Is that not true? Then each of the course has its own content for this year. If, if for instance, you're doing JS 201, 
That's the outline of the course. Then under GS21, they will give you the syllabus. The syllabus will outline the things you will learn in that course. Is that not so? Yeah, that's good. So that's called syllabus. Then when we say diet, we will refer to nourishment. Everybody say nourishment. One of the reasons we eat food is for the purpose of what? Nourishment. That's why you, you hear the word balanced diet. What is balanced diet? It means your body needs certain nutritions or nourishment to keep you healthy. And if you don't have all the nourishment of the food in your body, you will begin to have some issues in your body. All right? You, 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 you notice one part. And it's not because it's a spirit. It's because your body lacks proper nourishment. You may start having unnecessary headache. You may find that you're not sleeping well. You may find some one or two things here and there in your body just because you're not eating right. The purpose of food is not quantity. <laughs> the purpose of food is nourishment. Everybody say nourishment. 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 Eating about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Your, your tummy may feel tight, <laughs> but you are not nourishing yourself very well. Eating a by every day is not good nourishment. Did you hear what I said? Someone says, hey, Pastor, you don't know, you know, know where I did. If you know where I did, you don't go talk like that. Okay, we will see later. Praise the Lord. Nourishment is to make sure your body has the proper balanced diet. Spiritually speaking, your nourishment is the knowledge of Christ. If you are not constantly being nourished by the knowledge of Christ, your spirituality will be faulty. You will not be balanced spiritually. Just as you don't have balance physically when you don't have balanced diet, you will not be balanced spiritually if your nourishment is pure, is, 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 is not Christ. Many of us, we only like natural nourishment, natural pleasure, natural attention. But you see, natural nourishment cannot nourish you spiritually. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I say? For instance, the reason why you're behaving the way you're behaving is because what can help your behavior Christ-like is spiritual nourishment. If you don't have spiritual nourishment, you'll be behaving like a rogue. You're born again, but you'll be talking like a non-believer, acting like a non-believer, thinking like a non-believer, speaking like a non-believer. You will have no hunger for God because you're not having the proper nourishment. You will find it difficult to pray and to hunger for God because you're not properly nourished spiritually. So, say with me, say, Christ is my syllabus and Christ is my diet. So, write this down. Thus, the primary mission of the Holy Spirit to the church is to reveal and glorify Christ in the life of the church. Everybody say to reveal and to glorify Christ. Did you hear what I said? His job is to do what? To reveal and to glorify. The word reveal means to make you know him. Look at the number. Say the Holy Ghost wants you to know Jesus. Look at the person. Say the Holy Ghost wants you to know Jesus. Then the second thing he will do is to also glorify him. The word glorify means to honor, to magnify. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can honor Jesus in your life and through your life. As he makes you know him, he will glorify him in your life and through your life. That's what the testimonies that will be happening in your life, the reason for the testimony is not to promote you, it's to promote Jesus. Are you hearing me? Yes. 
the reason for break, the policy, this is where we make the mistake. Because when we have all this physical nourishment, we think breakthrough is about us. No, every breakthrough is to advertise Jesus. Are you hearing me? Did you hear what I said? But unfortunately, we have hijacked and kidnapped the breakthrough. And we think that when God gives us breakthrough, it's about us. It's not about you. Your job is to be an advertisement for Christ. To let men know he is good. Are you hearing me? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Why does God want you and I to have his goodness and his fullness so that men can see through us what God can do in the life of a person? Say amen. amen. God is to use your life and my life to be an encouragement for others. Glory be to God. So, that, so that's his mission, to reveal and to glorify Christ. Write this down. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps the believer to grow and mature in the faith through the knowledge of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps the believer to do what? To grow and to mature in the faith. The Holy Spirit helps me grow and mature in the faith. I'll give you two scriptures that will go into how to cultivate intimacy. Are we together? Are you, are you learning anything so far? All right, I'm trying to make it as simple as I can. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps the believer to grow and mature in the faith through the knowledge of Christ. That's his job. Two scriptures, and we go to how intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Can we quickly go there? I'm trying to show you scriptures to confirm what I just said. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps us to grow. That's why you need to know the Holy Ghost. He helps you grow and mature in the faith. I pray one prayer for everybody here today. That after this meeting, that your relationship with the Holy Spirit will become healthy in Jesus' name. Amen. If there is one thing the church needs, is intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Christians don't even know the Holy Ghost. They don't even interact with the Holy Ghost. They only know the Holy Ghost in their pastor but they don't know the Holy Ghost in their life. And it's my prayer that as you go through the world, you'll become familiar with the Holy Ghost in your life. The Holy Spirit is not only in my life. The Holy Ghost is also in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, somebody say glory be to God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. What does it say? Wherefore, my beloved, as you have obeyed, always obeyed, this is one of the proof that you are growing spiritually. If you're growing spiritually, you will always obey. Are you hearing me? Always obey, not as in my presence only. You will not be doing eye service obedience where pastor is around. You will obey whether pastor is there or not. Now, what did he say there? But now much more. This is another sign of maturity. In my absence, what did he say you should do? Work out your own salvation. With what? With fear and everybody say, work out your own salvation. What, what does it mean to work out your salvation? It means to grow and mature in the faith. What did I say? What does it mean to uh, uh, work out your salvation? Everybody say, to grow and to mature in the faith. Say that one moment. I said, to grow and to mature in the faith. So when you say work out your own salvation, what does it mean? It means to grow and to mature in the faith. So you have a role to play for you to grow and to mature in the faith. You, growing and maturing in the faith is not automatic. It's manual gear. If you know how to drive a car, 
If you don't put the car in gear one, it won't move. It's not auto. Auto is that once you start, it starts selecting by itself. Is that not so? Christianity is not auto drive. Christianity is manual drive. Look at your neighbor, say manual drive. Ask your neighbor, which gear is your Christian life in? Some of you, 10 years, is still gear one. You're still in gear one. And how many of you know that you cannot speed with gear one if you know how to drive a car? If you, if you keep going, by the time you get to like 20, 30 kilometers, you're supposed to switch gear. As your gear switches, your speed increases. Is that not so? Yeah. So in your Christianity, if you are only in gear one, you will be operating at a particular speed. Not because God is slow, but that is where you are. When you mature to gear two, your speed increases. Is that not so? When you mature to gear four, what happens? Your speed increases. When you go to gear five, your speed increases. So to work out your salvation means to mature and to grow in the faith. But it gives us a wisdom. Go to the next verse. We also need the help. Why did, what did he say there? For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So watch this. Even though the Bible says work out your salvation, that means grow and mature in the faith, you have to cooperate with God who is working in you. The word God there is the word Holy Spirit because the Holy Ghost is God. Are you with me? So what he's telling us is, hey, I want you to grow and mature in the faith. But for you to do that, you have to cooperate with the Holy Ghost who is working in you, both to will and to what and to do of his good pleasure. God wants you to grow and mature in the faith. But for you to grow and mature in the faith, you have to cooperate with who? With the Holy Spirit. And how do you cooperate? By building intimacy with the Holy Ghost. You cannot grow in the Christian life by your power. We have all tried it and we failed woefully. Are you hearing me? That's why when people come to church, you start telling them, do this. No, 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 that's not your job. Teach them the word. The wisdom to do what to be done will be administered as they grow in the knowledge of the word. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is working in them. Teach them the word. The word will teach them how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit so they can grow and mature in the faith. Say amen. amen. Do you know that every struggle in a Christian life is a product of ignorance? Do you know that? Every struggle. So, if you're struggling in an area, it means you have not grown and matured in that area. So, you need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in that area so you can grow and mature in the faith. Praise the name of the Lord. One more scripture on that. Hebrew 13, verse 12 to 21. 20 to 21. Hebrew 13. Let's look at another scripture that shows us that the Holy Ghost is the one working on the inside of us and why we need to cooperate with him. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes the Christian life worth living. Your Christianity will be boring without cooperating with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the one that helps you grow and mature in the faith. All right? Hebrews 13 from verse 20 and verse 21. Hebrews 13, verse, what did he say? Now the God of peace, the word God of peace is the Holy Ghost. Who is the God of peace? Says the Holy Ghost. Who is the God of peace? Who is the God of peace? Who is the God of peace? All right. Now, the God of peace that brought again, because the Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead. 
the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of, of what? Of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. What will he do? Verse 21. What will the Holy Ghost do? Make you perfect. Who makes you perfect? The Holy Ghost. Who makes you perfect? Who makes you perfect? In what? In every good work to do his will. So you need the help of the Holy Ghost to do God's will. All right? Then he says, how will he do that? Walking in you that which is what? Where pleasing in his sight through who? Through Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus is the syllabus and the diet of the faith. The standard for walking in the Christian is Jesus. The standard for maturing and growing in the faith is who? Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is. That's why the Bible says he will reveal and he will do what? He'll glorify. The word reveal, he'll make you know Jesus. You will not change until you know him. If there is any area of your life that is not changed, it's because you are yet to know Christ. Every struggle is the absence of the knowledge of Christ in that area. And so the job of the Holy Ghost through the word of God is to make you perfect in that area, walking in you that which is well pleasing in the sight of God. Are you still with me? Through Jesus Christ, through the knowledge of Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever, and everybody shout, Amen. Amen. All right. How do we cultivate intimacy with the Holy Spirit? Let's look at that. Well, first of all, write this down. Say, I need intimacy with my helper. What is the meaning of intimacy? What do we mean by intimacy? Write this down. It's very simple. The word intimacy means to be familiar or to be close. To be what? To be familiar or to be close. So if you say, I'm intimate with the person, I'm familiar with you. I know you. I know you. I'm familiar with you. There are some things I understand about you. Is that clear? A husband and wife is supposed to be intimate. Intimacy is not sleeping with somebody. If not, prostitutes will know everybody. Is that not so? Eh? Uh -huh. So that's why sleeping with somebody is not proof that the person loves you. It's just proof the person wants to, you know, just wants to exercise his hormone. Eh? That doesn't work. That's why a man can have children from four women. Sex is not proof of intimacy. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. It's not proof. It can be a tool in intimacy, but it's not intimacy. Do you understand what I'm saying? It can be a tool, but it's not intimate. Just because you slept with somebody doesn't mean you know the person. Have you heard what they call one night stand? You all look somebody, some, one spirit jump or two of you. Then you don't know the person, whether he has AIDS or not. You got to sleep with the person. Same, I just, we just, when we search it out, just something just click. It's Satan that clicked in your head. Nothing clicked. So I just, I just, everything just, I just couldn't hold myself. It's the devil. He has jumped on two of your head. So sex is not proof of intimacy. Intimacy is deeper than that. Write this down. Are you ready with me? The believer must become intimate with the Holy Spirit if he's to benefit from his help. 
the believer must become what? Intimate or close to the Holy Ghost if he has to benefit from himself. Look, I, the Holy Ghost is saying, I can't help you if you're not close to me. I can't help you if you're not familiar with me. We all need the help of the Holy Ghost. Don't we need his help? We do. But if we're going to have his help, we must become intimate or familiar with him. Someone might ask me, how do we cultivate, okay? In order to be familiar with the Holy Spirit, we have to cultivate intimacy. How do we cultivate intimacy with the Holy Ghost? How do we do it? Somebody may ask me. I will show you two scriptures that will help you explain it from a Bible point of view. Are you ready for this? Two scriptures. Someone might ask, how do I cultivate intimacy with the Holy Ghost? Pastors always say that the Holy Ghost said, the Holy Ghost said, how can the Holy Ghost be saying to him, me, let him talk to me too now. Are you ready? Let me show you. Are you ready for this? Two scriptures to explain what it means to cultivate intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Job 22, verse 21 to 23. Please listen to me. Because, especially teenagers, one of the best things that happened to my life was that I knew the Holy Ghost when I was in secondary school. That's the best thing that happened to me. Because of his influence and guidance in my life, he, he delivered me from a lot of crises. Young people usually go through. I didn't have the opportunity to go through that because I knew him early. And, and one of the concerns I pray for our young generation, our children, is that the social media has changed the dynamics of access to information. There are some things those days, if you want to go, you have to go to post office and go and buy stamp and write and go and wait for them to write you then before the magazine will come. Now, just with a phone, you can access anything. And if you don't have the influence of the Holy Ghost in your life, let me warn you, there is another influence that is seeking to control you. Did you hear what I said? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The word is an influence. If the influence of the Spirit is not working, you will submit to another influence. You will just find yourself going to some kind of places, doing some kind of things, and wondering what is going on. The reason is because the influence of the Spirit is not working in your life. So, to Scripture, what does it mean to cultivate closeness, familiarity with the Holy Spirit? Job, let me show you. Now, are we ready for this? The word says acquaint. The word acquaint means become close, become familiar. Thyself with him. That place him, I want you to replace it with Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. So when we see the word him, we're going to put Holy Spirit. Are we together? Are we together? I want to teach you practically. It says become familiar now, which is acquaint. Now thyself with who? I like that. Yes, I like that. Let's do that one more time. Acquaint now thyself with? Very good. And be? So intimacy produces peace. Is that not so? Very good. What did he say now? He said not only will you have peace when you have intimacy with the Holy Ghost, what will happen to you next? Good shall come unto thee. That means it's good to be close to the Holy Ghost. How many of you want good to come to you? Talk to, how many of you want good to come to you? Then you must be acquainted with who? The Holy Ghost. Go to the next verse. What did he say next? Receive, I pray thee, the law from the word, from the, uh, replace is with Holy Ghost. Okay, let, let me read again. Receive, are you flowing with me? Yes, sir. 
receive, I pray thee, the law from Holy Ghost mouth. So the Holy Ghost wants to talk to you. Say with me, say the Holy Ghost wants to talk to me. And lay up the Holy Ghost words in your Is that in your Bible? Go to the next verse, verse 23. If you return to the Almighty, in the place of Almighty, replace it with the Holy Ghost. Are you ready? If thou return to who? The Holy Ghost. You shall be what? Read it again. If you return to the Holy Ghost, you shall be? One more time. If you return to the you shall be? Thou shall put away iniquity far. You know what iniquity is? Write this down. Your way. What is iniquity? Your, way. your own way. Your way. Your way. All right. Second scripture on cultivating intimacy with the Holy Ghost. Go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. Are you learning something? All right. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. What does it mean to cultivate intimacy with the Holy Ghost? It means to become familiar with him, to receive his word, to listen to his word, to lay his word in our heart so we can be at peace and good will come to us. Say amen. Okay, in this same verse, we're going to replace the word Lord with the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is Lord. Are we together? Now, let's do that together. Trust in the Holy Ghost. Read it again. Trust in the one more time. With all your and lean not unto your own. Your own understanding is what is called iniquity in the other verse. That shall put away iniquity far from your tabernacle. What is iniquity? Say my own understanding. What is iniquity? My own understanding. Alright, go to the next verse. In all thy some of your ways, acknowledge the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you're flowing with it. In all your ways, what do you do? In all your ways, what do you do? Acknowledge the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost shall direct your path. And the Holy Ghost shall do what? Direct your path. That's intimacy with the Holy Ghost. All your ways. All your ways, acknowledge him. And he will do what? He'll direct your path. Now, let me say this, and we'll look at three things we must deal with in order to cultivate intimacy. Let me say this. Intimacy is building consistent, from the two verses we read, it's building consistent contact and communication with the Holy Spirit. Some of you don't talk to the Holy Ghost. From the verses we read, you will notice that the Holy Ghost has a mouth and he wants to speak. Is that not so? Is that not so? Are we still here? The Holy Ghost has what? A mouth. And he wants to speak. And he wants you to listen to him. And he wants to guide or direct your path. Intimacy is built through consistent contact and communication with the Holy Spirit. I want to ask all of you a question. Have you spoken to the Holy Ghost today? How many of you have spoken to your wife today if you are married? I'm sure you have. Good morning. That's how I started. Is that not so? How many of you have spoken to your children today? I'm sure everybody has. If you have children, you've, you must have shouted or done something. Something must have flowed between you and them. How many of you have spoken to your brother or sister? If you are in the same place, you must have had communication. You are always in contact with people and you are talking to them. That's why you are familiar with people. 
That's why you're close to people. But you're not talking to the Holy Ghost. You're not even communicating with him. And he's there. He's even closer than anybody. No contact. You don't even greet. One of the first is the Holy Ghost, good morning. And I thank you for another awesome day. And I use Proverbs 3.5. I said, Holy Spirit, today I trust you. You know, with all my heart. I, I lean not onto my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge you and expect you to guide and direct my path. That's what I do when I wake up every morning. Some of you don't. Some of you are babies in the Holy Ghost doesn't have intelligence. Some of you believe you, you relate with the Holy Ghost as if it's dumb. As if the Holy Ghost is a statue. Some of you only re remember Holy Ghost when you are in problem. Holy Ghost, help me. He was there before the problem came. Are you still with me? Some of the struggles some of you are having, you will not have them if you let the Holy Ghost take the lead. Are you listening to me? The Spirit of God is the God in and at work in us. He wants to communicate with us. He wants us to know and to listen to him. We saw that there. He wants to guide us into the victorious life that has been given to us in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Romans 8, 14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? They are the sons of God. The Holy Ghost does not want you and I to be abandoned or forsaken. He wants us to be always helped. The Spirit of God does not want a child of God to be at a disadvantage at any point of his life. The Holy Ghost, write this down. The Holy Spirit does not want you to be stranded. What did I say? Write that down. Never forget it. The Holy Ghost does not want a Christian to be what? Stranded. That's what the Bible says. He shall show you things to come. If the things to come is making you stranded, it means you didn't listen to it before because before the thing came, he showed you. You didn't listen. The Holy Ghost is always speaking. The problem is that we're not listening. He wants to talk to us. He doesn't want us to be abandoned or stranded. If you had listened to him, that business day, you wouldn't have missed it. You wouldn't have messed it up. If you had listened to him, that friend that broke your heart wouldn't have broke your heart. If you had listened to him, he would have guided you. He doesn't want you to be messed up. He doesn't want you to be confused. There are things that God has planned for you. He knows them and he wants you to walk into them. That's what he wants. That's what the Holy Ghost is. Say, I hear you. Hebrews 13, 5 to 6 says, God says, let your life be without covetousness. What is covetousness? Greed. God doesn't want his children to live a greedy life where they are not content with what they have. They're always eyeing other people's things. They're always wishing they have somebody else's life. They're always wishing they have somebody else's position. They're always wishing they have somebody else's status. It's like saying that what God gives you is not enough for you. You must want somebody else. Except you look like somebody. Except you talk like somebody. Except you drive like somebody. Except you wear what they wear. And you feel you will never belong. No! He said, let your lifestyle, your conversation, be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, the Holy Ghost speaking, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Do, do we practice that? We can only practice that if the Holy Ghost is involved in our life. But whenever we go through crisis, the way we react will show we're not talking to him.
We're not even flowing with him. I'm telling you the truth. Intimacy with the Holy Ghost is like a journey. As we continue to interact with the Holy Ghost, day to day, the more we grow in our familiar. The way you get used to someone is to talk to the person. Is that not so? As you talk and have exchanges, you start getting used to each other. Is that not true? If you only talk to somebody once in a month, will you know the person? You won't. So as you, as you continue to interact with the Holy Ghost, you will get to know him. Write this down. Intimacy is a heart-to-heart -heart thing. It's what? It's a heart-to-heart -heart thing. It's not superficial. It's deep. Deep calling to deep. Intimacy is a heart-to-heart -heart thing. It is our spirit fellowshipping with him. It's a heart-to-heart -heart thing. To have intimacy with the spirit demand we deal with what I call heart blockers. Everybody say heart blockers. Since communication with the Holy Ghost is a heart-to-heart -heart thing, is a spirit-to-spirit -spirit thing, there are heart blockers we must deal with and avoid so that our intimacy with the Holy Ghost will grow. Do you know the reason why some of us are not developing intimacy with the Holy Spirit? It's because of heart blockers. And I'm going to show you three from the scripture you must avoid. How many of you want to build intimacy with the Holy Ghost? I was watching a video by a man of God. Some of you may have seen it. Someone in his church, I'll give you two stories that will shock you. Someone in his church conspired with someone outside to assassinate the pastor. So they went to make a jazz man, and guess how much they spent for the jazz? Four million to kill the man of God. So they went and hired some group of assassins from a state to wait for the man when he comes back to Nigeria, that as he's coming back and going home, the car himself and his wife will enter, has already been marked. Once they enter, they will waste the car, kill him, kill his wife and his three children. So it was already planned. He said he landed into the country and the Holy Ghost said, he, 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 he wanted to go somewhere. The Holy Ghost said, it was to have two days meeting. After the first day, the Holy Spirit said, leave now and go back to Nigeria. He said, Lord, what is it? He said, there is an agenda against you, so go back. So as he landed in Nigeria, the Holy Ghost said, go now and meet your wife. The wife was supposed to go and preach in a women's program or convention. As he was going, the Holy Ghost told him, tell the wife not to go for that program and cancel it. Let somebody else go. So the wife said, cancel. He now made one comment that made me laugh. He said, hey, women, be submissive. Because if she had gone alone, they would have wasted that. She would have died. They would have shot the car and killed her. So, he now stayed. So, the wife was like, you are acting, he said, I don't know. Then, he said, go with them to the house. Don't go without them. When they entered the car, the plan they made with the assassin was that the person who is a trusted part of them was to drive the car and when they start to shoot, he will open the door and run away and they'll finish him and his family. He said as he wanted to go, the Holy Ghost told him, don't let that fellow drive the car. You drive the car. Uh -uh. So the wife said, um, give the car to daddy. He said he wants to drive it. So he took the car and entered. That's how God saved them. When they fired, the first person the bullet hit was him. That's how the person died. 
And the pastor was one that God, he said, how he got to me, can't tell. They, they finished the bullet. I saw the picture of the car anyway. Finished the bullet on the car. Not a scratch on him and his family. It was when he got home and I found out the NG had a hole. Everybody said the Holy Ghost. Another story. A pastor called a pastor friend. He was dying in the hospital. And as he was dying in the hospital, he said, the pastor went to see him after service. He said, please, I'm dying. Uh, take care of my wife. The man said, what kind of nonsense is that one? I I've not finished taking care of my wife. Which kind of walk out against me? Where you, where, what's wrong with you? What do you mean take care of my wife? Why you wonder? He said, I don't know. He said, then what's wrong with you now? He said, I can't tell. He said, but I have this thing that is from my church. He said, your church? He said, yes. He said, okay. Next Sunday, after I finish preaching, I will go to your church. After Sunday, he went to the church. As he entered the church, the moment he passed the gate, the Holy Ghost said to him, there are 12 people in this church that poisoned him. Six of them is a deacon. Ah. So he, he told us, hold it, block the gate. He now prayed, anointed the gate. He said, if you have something to do with pastor's sickness, if you pass this door, you will run mad. So he passed. People were going, people were going. The, in fact, the six dickens just came and submitted themselves and started crying. Then the, the rest of them came. About two women refused to go. They said, go. They said, no, clean the teeth first. He said, no, you go. Until 12 of them was located. Let me ask you a question. How will you know if the Holy Ghost didn't tell you? There are people who followed their friends and they were poisoned and they didn't know because they were spiritually dumb. The Holy Ghost was warning you, but your heart blocker was blocking you and you were not listening. Listen, Christians, listen, we are not ordinary. The Holy Ghost will show us things to come. So, three heart blockers you must deal with if you are going to build intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Write this down. Number one, the first heart blocker that prevents Christians from building intimacy is offense. What did I call it? Offense. offense. The first heart blocker is offense. You must guard your heart against offense. When we are offended, we will grieve the Holy Spirit. When we are what? Offended, we will do what? We will grieve the Holy Spirit. To grieve means to distress, to make sad. The Holy Ghost is sad when you're not listening to him and you're walking into calamities you could easily avoid. The Holy Ghost is sad when you're entering failure and struggles when he was busy talking to you and giving you wisdom. Are you paying attention? Offense. Everybody say offense. offense. Everybody say offense. offense. Whenever we are offended, we grieve the Holy Ghost. Go to Ephesians chapter 4, everybody. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 to verse 32. Are you there? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 to verse 32. When we are offended, what do we do? 
We grieve the Holy Ghost. And let me warn you, offense will come every day. It can come from your wife. It can come from your husband. It can come from your brother. It can come from your sister. It can come from your children. It can come from anybody. Jesus said, offense will come. Temptation for offense will always come. Offense can come out of just a simple misunderstanding. You said something to me I didn't like. And because of that, you became angry and your hand became locked. Ephesians 4, 30 to 32. Are we there? It says, and grieve. Do not distress or make sad the Holy Ghost. Who is the spirit of, grieve not the spirit of God. Whereby you are what? Sealed unto the day of redemption. I love the word seal. It means the Holy Ghost is your ever abiding presence. He's always there. Go to the next verse. He said, don't grieve. Then he tells us what grieves him. What did he say? Let all bitterness. The translation of the word bitterness means poison. Everybody say poison. There are some people, your words are poison. The way you talk is poison. Say with me, say there's a way to talk. There's a way to talk that ministers life. But there's a way you talk that ministers poison. He said, let all poison or bitterness and wrath. What is wrath? Anger without wisdom. The verse anyhow. You know that some of us, that you know that kind of stupid anger. Just because something went wrong, you just get angry. You don't understand what you're doing. You are blocking your heart. The way you are so angry is not even intimidating your husband. Say, no, no, no. I say, you go verso, you go verso, not do one like that, you go verso. You are not manipulating your husband with your anger. Go verse, you go verse. Some of you, you are not manipulating your wife too with your own anger. My husband, you know, they like and go verse, you go verse. So because of that, they can't even tell you the truth. He said, let all bitterness rout, anger and clamor. And evil speaking, all this has to do with your mouth. It, what is evil speaking? When you open your mouth and speak things that are not in harmony with scripture. You're speaking your frustration. You're speaking condition. You're speaking situation. You're speaking what you're going through rather than what God has said. Let it be put away from you with all malice. Everybody say bad belly. Say that, say bad belly. Look at the neighbor, say put away malice. Tap your neighbor, say, put away malice. Say, put away malice. Malice, the best way to explain to you is bad belly. Because of bad belly, you, you want to serve your husband food, you just put it, play that leaf. <laughs> when you want to close the door, you do the door like that. Boom! When you want to put, you want to cross it, Joe, come here! He's talking to the son. Come here, man! Then they say, Mommy, what did I do? Say, shut up. You're asking me questions. Are you okay? It's called malice. When you do that, you're blocking your heart. You can't flow with the Holy Ghost. To be offended is to be self and issue centered. Okay, let me read the next verse. Go to 32. And, but be ye what? Kind. One to another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, had what? Giving you. Listen to me. When you are offended, you are self 
and issue-centered. You become obsessed with you because you're always talking about problems. You're always talking about yourself. The thing when it invests you, now you always talk. You're always speaking about what you're upset with, what you're not happy about your husband and about your wife and about your children, about Nigeria, about petrol price, about, uh, which other one now? Naira, dollar to Naira change. Just be complete. Everything is, uh, tell, which kind country be this one? You think there's no poverty in the U.S.? There's poverty everywhere. God, they're showing you only the GRE. The day you get to U.K., you now find out that there's bacha in U.K. There's bacha in U.S. There's bacha in Asia. Everywhere there's bacha. There's a jiggler everywhere in the world. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yes. You may not really appreciate what you have until you live here. But, but, but hear me. Offense is a trap from Satan. If you are going to keep your flow with the Holy Ghost, you must let go of offense through forgiveness. Say amen. amen. Offense usually comes in three ways. How many ways? Amen. Let me show you that, then we'll go to the next point. First um, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 3. Three ways offense will come, and you must guard your heart against them. Once you recognize them, guard your heart against them. It says, and I, brethren, could not, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Everybody say unto spiritual. But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. Do you see the lack of spiritual growth and progress because of offense? They are not progressing spiritually. They are becoming carnal. So Paul says, there are some things I want to teach you, you are not getting. Because you were offended, you came to church. All the sermon they are preaching, you are not listening. As the pastor is preaching, you are doing... And if the person is with your husband, where you are sitting and you are looking at the man, say, seeing head. Inside church. Seeing head. Yeah, yeah, man. Then you are Mrs. Yeah, yeah, too. And they wait for her for church. Ask for church. We'll go see. See that one we'll do for us. Then you'll not start having inspiration of how you will not deal with him after church. That's what offense has done to you. Say, oh, you know, no. When I won't give him, before we go shop the food, this matter will go settle around. We must settle around. And I'm preaching, oh, your head is planning how you will counter. In to say, get me. I will get him when we come back. No problem. He <laughs> said, for you are yet carnal. And what is the proof? Verse 3. For you are yet carnal. What is the proof of your carnality? For whereas there is among you. What is it? Envy. What is envy? Lack of contentment. You are not satisfied with your level. You are angry and upset because of somebody else's level. You don't know where your affordability. You are not thankful for where you are and what God has given you. You are always eyeing something else. You are having problems with other people. So you want to dress like them. You want to look like them. You want to ride the same car. You want to, you want to be like them. And meanwhile, you cannot afford it. That's what's wrong with church today. We want, we want to arrive overnight. 
want to look sharp and smart. Meanwhile, you can't pay. You want to look sharp on somebody's expenses. Tell the neighbor, say, if you grow, you will stay. If you jump, you will come down. They don't jump to levels. They grow to levels. Did you hear what I said? They don't do what? They don't jump to levels. They do what? They grow. You should have enough wisdom. Don't acquire a taste that will put pressure on your life. If not, you will become offended. Oh. You will come to church and you'll be angry. Especially when you see somebody wearing what you want to wear. Hey, see, see, oh, nobody's talking to you. You're talking to yourself. Oh. See, see, oh. see, see, oh. Nobody is telling us my baby. Nobody is on a woman wearing a cup. Nobody, nobody person married this one. Then he reached home and said, honey, don't honey me. See, Mrs. So. He asked me, that thing when I tell you make a buy, tell me to make a wait. What did they wait? Yeah, my friend don't wear her. They don't face me wear a con church. Who puts the competition? That's the problem with offense. Offense can affect you in an office where you begin to eye position. I think that it's not, why not perform where you are? And because you want to get it, you now start skimming, lying, hitting people's head, telling people different stories so they can fight each other. You are carnal. And what you're punishing is your intimacy with the Holy Ghost. It says, where among you there is strife. What is strife? The word strife means to be quarrelsome, argumentative, difficult. You are, when you are talking, you must quarrel. Because you feel that if your opinion is not respected and accepted, nobody should listen. That's the word strife. Quarrel. And the word division means unscriptural disagreement. We can have normal disagreement. We can have healthy disagreement. Unscriptural disagreement is the disagreement that is born out of stubbornness and selfishness. That's division. When you are divided like that, you are carnal. And the Bible says you are carnal and you walk as what? As men. We are to be spiritual in our attitude and consciousness. To be spiritual is to be spirit or Christ conscious. When we, we have to be spiritual to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. The enemy uses offense to shift our attitude and consciousness from spiritual to carnal using envy, strife and what and division let me read this scripture. just write it down we'll go to the next point james 3 verse 14 to 16 if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart glory not and lie not against the truth this wisdom descended not from above but is earthly sensual devilish for where envy and strife is there is what confusion and every evil work. When you operate in envy, strife, and division, you are walking under the influence of Satan's wisdom, not divine wisdom. Which brings me to my second point. Hear me. Hear me. The second heart blocker, and please, I want everybody to pay attention to this one, because it affects us, every one of us, to a degree. The second heart blocker is resisting the spirit. What did I call it? Resisting. The first one is offense. The second one is what? Resisting the spirit. Another thing that hinders our intimacy with the Holy Ghost is resisting him. Somebody might ask me, 
How can I resist the Holy Ghost that is God? Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor left and right, front or back. Say, it is possible to resist the Holy Ghost. Look at him. Tell the person, say, it's possible to resist the Holy Ghost. Yes, you can. Why? Listen to this. God created man as a free will being. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. You, are free, you have a free will. God will not force himself on you. God wants you to freely yield to him. So even if the Holy Ghost is telling you to pray, and you don't want to pray, it will not force you. You will only miss out on what he wants to give you. Go to Revelation 3 verse 20, everybody. Revelation 3 verse 20. I want to show you what it means to resist the Holy Spirit. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. But first of all, I want to show you that God will not force his will on you. Can we read it together? I want to go, everybody. Everybody read it. Uh -huh. <laughs> read it one more time. Holy Ghost is saying, I'm standing at the door of your heart. I'm knocking. The only thing I can do is knock. I won't bust it. I won't break it. I won't badge it. No, I will just knock. If you open, who is to open, God or we? Can you look at it? Who is to open? Who is to open? He said, he says, if any man hear my voice and open the door of your heart. If you don't open it, God will not come in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Alright, now hear this. God can, will, God will not force his will in our life if we do not open the door of our hearts to him. What does it mean to resist the Holy Ghost? Let me show you. Acts 7 verse 51. Please learn this. So that in any area of your life you are resisting the Holy Spirit, you will stop. What does it mean to resist the Holy Spirit? Acts 7, verse 51. Are we there? I'd like us to read it together. One to go. You stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always always resist the Holy Ghost as your father did. So do you. So it's possible to... And it gives us two ways that we resist the Holy Ghost. Are you ready? What is the first way? Everybody says stiff neck. What is the first way we resist the Holy Spirit? By being stiff. You know what a stiff neck is? Everybody look at me. Usually the neck should go like this. But you know what a stiff neck does? That's a stiff neck. Have you ever had a pain in your neck once you couldn't bend your neck? If you want to turn, what do you do? You do like this. Or you go like this. You know what I mean by that? That's a stiff neck. It's very painful. Now, the first way we can resist the Holy Spirit is by being stiff.
stiff neck. By being what? By being stiff neck. What do we mean by stiff neck? Write this down. To be stiff neck means to be hard headed or stubborn. To be stiff neck is to be what? Hard headed or stubborn. When you are stiff neck, is a posture of your mind that is stubborn. One of the ways Christians are resisting the Holy Ghost today is through stubbornness. The children of Israel could not go to the promised land because they were stubborn. The, the journey from Egypt to the promised land was two weeks. How many weeks? But they couldn't make it for 40 years. Do you understand what it means for a journey of about two weeks, but for 40 years, you kept going round and round and round and round because that stubborn state of mind cannot walk with God. And God says, if you remain, if you continue to be stubborn, you will continue to go around in circle until you die. That was why all the set, except for their children, that left Egypt died in the wilderness because they were stiff. They were stubborn. And it's dangerous. Hear me. Hear me. <laughs> Those who are stiff-necked do not want to change. They don't want to change their opinion. They don't want to change their views. They are very strong on their opinion. When they see something, they don't like to change it. Even if you are preaching and you are telling them, this is what God says. They say, I know, I know. Now, I know now what you got talk, but now so me they see him. That's a stiff-necked person. They, they believe some things. They have some opinions and view. They are not scriptural, but they will not let it go. Are you here today? The Holy Ghost is talking to you about something and he wants you to make some changes, but you don't want to change. Year in, year out, same thing, same thing, same thing. When people are stubborn, there are two things about stubbornness. Stubbornness is a product of selfishness and pride. Stubborn people are selfish. They are self-centered and they are, they are very proud. They don't listen. If you have an attitude that doesn't listen, hey, you better repent too. Because it will affect the way you flow with the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You better, if you have this, head, this hard-headedness, when if you see something, nobody else can talk to you, nobody else can advise you, you won't listen to anybody, hey, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end of it are the ways of world of death. So stop before he stops you. One of the ways we receive the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will be talking to us, will not listen, will not pay attention, stop on. Stiff-necked people are stiff in their opinion, they are stiff in their approach, and they are stiff in their standing. Second way we resist the Holy Spirit. On, the Bible says, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ear. Is that not what the Bible said? Uncircumcised in what? In heart and ear. 
What does that mean? Write this down. It simply means lack of spiritual development and progress. Lack of what? Spiritual development and progress. Because the way you change is from your heart and your ear. That's where the message of change comes in. But when you are uncircumcised, it simply means you are not spiritually developing. Have you seen some Christians, they've been born again for 10 years, they're still struggling with the same thing. It's not because God cannot give them victory. It's not because God cannot help them. It's because they're not growing. You're born again for 10 years. You can't pray for 30 minutes in tongues. And it doesn't bother you. No spiritual progress. And when you are not progressing spiritually, you will resist the Holy Ghost because of two reasons. Number one, you receive, resist the Holy Ghost because you are immature. You have to grow to outgrow immaturity. And if you are immature, you will be using baby sense to deal with adult things. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Let me ask you a question. How many of you want to enter a car that a four-year-old person is driving? How many of you will follow that car? Even if the baby is smiling and is calling your name and is hailing you, my best auntie, will you enter the car and ask him to drive? Why, why will you do that? It's not matured. There are areas of your life God wants to lead you to. You are resisting them because you are still doing Google Gaga. You are still using baby sense. You are still on diapers spiritually. When they want to pray, you will not want to pray. When they want to fast, you don't want to fast. You're on spiritual diaper. And what you don't understand is that your spiritual immaturity is preventing you from tapping into higher levels that God wants to release your life into. The Holy Ghost is calling you to something bigger. He has planned something for you in front. But you're not growing. Everything you are looking at is from baby's eyes, baby's mentality. And I mean, you know one thing about baby, they like to play. Everything is play. Is that not so? Eh? Everything is what? Is play. When you are immature, everything is what? Play. No seriousness. You could tell. You can look at somebody and tell a lot about the person's life. There are many of us who are spiritually goofing, just loafing, and just, you know, when you see people that, do you, how many of you have friends that are not serious? Do you have friends that are not serious? They don't take anything serious. You know that kind of friend? You, you can't trust them with important things because even if you tell them, they will not take it serious. So you don't tell some things to them. That's how some people are spiritually. God cannot trust them with so many things because they are not growing. They will hear the word of God. They will not do anything with it. A message like this comes, they will not listen to the message. They will not go and meditate on it. They will not go and listen to what the Holy Ghost is saying. They will not take notes. They will not write anything. Year in, month, month after month, uh, uh, year after year, nothing is changing in their life because they are not making any intentional progress to growing with what they are hearing. You will not spend time to pray. When church is fasting, you will not fast. When they are going for evangelism, you will not come. You are spiritually laid back. And what you do not understand is that such attitude will make you resist the Holy Ghost. Because sometimes the Holy Ghost wants to tell you something that will catapult you to the next level. But you can't listen because you are still listening with baby ear. Baby ear, not the ear mature person talk. I hope you know that. I hope you know that. Have you noticed the way children talk? 
uh, those of you with, who have nursed baby, uh, between a year and six months, when you say, how are you? What would the baby say? What would the baby say to you? Will he say, I am fine? If you hear that one, will you not run? If you talk to a six-month-old baby, what will he reply to you? Huh? Will he say, I'm fine, ma? I'm fine, daddy. What, what will the baby tell you? Huh? <laughs> what will the baby say? The baby will answer you with baby talk. Let me ask you, do you understand baby talk? Huh? What is that? It's called baby talk. I watched a funny video. Two mothers called themselves, and their little baby on diaper were, were conversing with each other. The one was saying, the two mothers were busy laughing. Why the two babies were very serious looking at themselves? Communicating on baby's frequency. I don't know whether it's making sense or not. That's what happens to you. You are not growing, so your frequency is baby frequency. God is talking about teenager and adult things in your life. You can't hear because you are still a kindergarten. You are still a baby. You are still in diaper. When will you go? Ask your neighbor, when will you grow? Ask your neighbor, say, when will you stop baby like a child? Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I understood like a child, and I spoke like one. But when I became a man, what did I do? I had to put away childish things. When will you take your Christianity serious? You are in church, you are talking. You are in church, you will not write. There's prayer, you will not come. There's evangelism, you will not do. You will not invite anybody to church. How, how long will you continue to be there? You've been in church for many years. Who has come to this place because of your life? Who have you affected? Some of you think to come to church is like coming to register your name in the register. Adoko, present, sir. Uh, John, present. Rex, present. Tina, present. Do you think that's what we'll come to do here? You're here to be built up. Final point. The third way we resist the Holy Ghost, which is the final one, is quenching the spirit. The first one is offense. The second one is resisting the spirit. Then the third one is quenching the spirit. First Thessalonians chapter 5. This is the last one. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 to 20. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 to 20. I'd like us to read it together. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 to 20. What does it say? Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesy. Let's read that again. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesy. Hallelujah. Now, what does it mean to quench? The quench means to extinguish, to put out. You know where the fire extinguisher is? When there is fire, the fire extinguisher is used to put off the fire. Is that not so? Now, what does it mean to quench the spirit? Write this down. To quench the spirit simply means to ignore him. How do you quench the Holy Ghost? You ignore him. Have you ever gone to a house to visit someone and while you are there, oh, welcome. He gave you seat to seat. Probably 
was kind enough to give you water. Then he said, excuse me. That excuse me became one hour. You'll be hearing noise and laughter inside room, but you are alone in their living room. They didn't even put on television for yourself. Then after they come, he was, hey, oh, you see there, sorry, oh, and they come. Another one hour will pass. Do you need anybody to tell you that you are not welcome? Huh? Do you need the prophet to tell you that you are not welcome? If you have any single thread of respect for yourself, pack yourself, arrange yourself, and just walk away. There are some of you that have friends that ignore you, but because you don't respect yourself, you are still hanging around them. They are treating you as if you had nonsense. That's how we treat the Holy Spirit. When you quench the Spirit, it means you ignore the Holy Ghost. And so we say, ah, can I ignore the Holy Ghost? Yes, you can. You can. You can. Are you with me? Let me say this. To ignore the Holy Ghost is very risky for the believer. The first testimony I shared with you, what if the man of God had ignored what God was telling him? His wife would have been killed and most likely he would have been killed. There are Christians, when you hear them die mysteriously in some strange circumstances, you say, ah, but God, where is God now? God says, I won't be more. He didn't listen. There was some trip you wanted to go and the Holy Ghost said, don't go. He said, no, no, I have to go. Now my village meeting, I have to be there. Oh, yeah, go now. There's a woman who is a widow today. They don't come to this church, but I've prayed for their family before. One day I was driving and the Spirit of God opened my eyes and I saw him arguing with someone and the person was very angry towards him. And you know, somebody with this angry look of, I will deal with you. So I took the phone and I called him. I said, Pastor, how are you? I said, fine. I said, how's your family? I said, everybody said, fine. I said, are you having an issue with anybody? And uh, no, no, not really, but I said, are you? I said, because I saw you arguing with someone, and the person is very angry. He said, no, 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 Pastor, don't worry, don't worry, it doesn't matter. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, okay, no problem. You don't come to show, I'm not your pastor, so no wahala. I left it. Later, when I went to visit the family, he had a stroke. I said, stroke? How did you get stroke? The wife said, Pastor, don't mind him, oh. He said he was going for his village meeting. And they were to meet in the hotel. And the Holy Spirit spoke. To, said, first of all, she had a dream. And the Holy Ghost said, tell him not to go for that meeting. So he told him, he said, don't go for this meeting. I had a dream. And the Spirit of God said, you shouldn't go. He said, hey, go. You are this, your, this thing. It's my townsmen. We will meet in a hotel. Not, we're not going to some strange place. We are meeting in a hotel. He said, the Holy Ghost said, don't go. He said, it doesn't matter. Nothing will happen to me. No evil shall befall me. You know those kind of nonsense. He left. You see, when Holy Ghost warn you, quoting scripture will not save you. I hope you hear me. If the Holy Ghost warn you, quoting scripture will not save you. Why will he not save you? Because you are quoting scripture out of disobedience. So he went. As he left, the wife said he felt something changed in the house. He went for the meeting, not knowing one of them had jazz. As he came back, next he collapsed. And part of his body paralyzed. As they wanted to rush him, the Holy Ghost told the wife, if you remove him from this house, he will die. Leave him here. Pray for him. 
It was in that state I came and I met him. Of course, I couldn't pray because when, when the Holy Ghost warned me, he didn't listen to me. But unfortunately, he later died. It is risky to ignore the Holy Ghost. It's risky. Who are you to ignore him? You think you know everybody. You don't know everybody. Oh. You don't know everybody. You need the eyes of the Spirit to see people for who they are. Hear me. The scripture reveals how we ignore the Holy Spirit in the next verse. First of all, it said, okay, leave this verse on. It said, quench not the Spirit. That means do not ignore the Holy Ghost. And how do we ignore him? It says, despise not prophesy. Let me ask you a question. Prophecy, is it not a gift of the Holy Ghost? Prophesying means to speak under divine inspiration. That's what prophesying is. Alright? Now, when you despise prophesying, what the Bible is saying is that you no longer value what the Holy Ghost is doing. Because if you ignore him, it means you don't value what he does anymore. Some of you will come in a meeting like this and the Holy Ghost is moving and you'll be talking, you'll be doing something else. It doesn't connect with you. When you are listening to the word, your attention should be in one place, not any place. If you have to do anything, take a seat, go out, then come back, sit down and listen. Or the Holy Ghost may be talking to you. You may be hearing me say one thing, but if you listen, the Holy Ghost will say something else from what I'm telling you to you. And you will not just hear it like me. You will hear it as him telling you something. You say, ah, God just spoke to me just now. God just spoke to me. And meanwhile, I was preaching. But a section of the message was applied to you and given to you as a confirmation for something you may need. Just like when I was coming this morning as the picnic for the I saw two boys that was going to be born to two women in the house. I just saw it. So I had to declare it and if you believe it, you have to receive it. But if you despise the spirit, you will behave as if there was no prophecy. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many times have I written on the platform, this is what the Lord is saying. This is what we should pray. This is what we should say. Some of you will not read it. You will not pray it. You will not. What are you doing? You're despising prophesying. You don't value it. Anyone ask of you, have you read it? You will like... You just, you know that kind of freeze answer? Don't freeze. Eh, you say now. You know that kind of funny, funny this is? Oh, Pastor, did you say something? Eh, when your phone did bagana, what was that? Because it wasn't gossip, you were not interested. If it's about Beyonce and Jesse, hey, what did I put to Beyonce? Is she your, is she your sister? <laughs> but once you say bagana, from parole, depending on how you say money, ah, Pastor Dora, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't write another one come again. Even the first one you write, whenever you read that finish, you don't, Pastor, you don't write though. I know people supposed what things you they write, so now plenty things. You see your life? You are despising the Holy Ghost. Don't listen anymore. You despise prophesying. There are some of you, some of them, I have to like, once in a, after a while I stop doing it because I don't bother anymore. 
I've said, have you read? I posted three sets of messages before this fasting. I'm sure some of you sitting there looking at me are even laughing with me here. You have not read one. You're ignoring the Holy Ghost. Unknown to you, you're ignoring the Holy Ghost. That's what you're doing. That's why some people, it doesn't, let the man of God be, let fire be coming from the man of God's head. When he prays, smoke will come at fire. He will lay hand, lay leg, lay head self on you. You will not change. You will not change. And things around you will not change because you are ignoring the Holy Ghost. Ignoring instruction. You don't pay attention. The Holy Ghost will say to me, just treat it with lightness. This is one of the general problems across the body of Christ. We don't listen to the Holy Ghost. We are supposed to be people filled with the Spirit, people who know how to listen to the Holy Ghost and flow with the Holy Ghost. But we don't. We're full of so much carnality that our spiritual value and taste has been watered down. We are high on men and low on the Spirit. Let me say this before I round up. Hear me. Ignoring the Holy Ghost is ignoring your helper. Are you hearing me? When we ignore the Holy Ghost, we begin to despise his operations in our life. We begin to treat him with a spare tire approach. How many of you know what a spare tire is? Usually if you drive a car, you only remember you have a spare tire when you have a flat tire. So you don't remember the spare tire until you need it. That's how you treat the Holy Ghost. You only know you need the Holy Ghost when you are in a problem. Holy Ghost, I need your help. You say, I've always, I've always been here. I said I will never leave you nor forsake you. I've been talking to you since. You're not listening. You're not listening. Anything that will make you downplay the Holy Ghost and his instruction, deal with it before it deals with you. Did you hear what I said? Anything that will make you treat with such lightness, reckless abandonment, I don't care. Anything that will make you treat the things of the Spirit that way, deal with it before it deals with you. Because the Holy Ghost is your helper. Listen, that person you are spending time with, that place you are going, they are not your helper. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When, when, the, when, when the things... When, when book balance and things get worse, they will save themselves before you. They will, not, they will not even think about you. They'll be first to lay you off. But the one who is with you and is your helper that God sent to help you, you are ignoring him. Holy Ghost say, pray later. Holy Ghost say, pray later. Holy Ghost say, worship later. Holy Ghost say, pray, make us sleep small. Little by little. And things that you could have taken care of, you miss it because you don't listen to him anymore. Let me read this. Hear this. When we ignore the Holy Ghost, we are not interested in the manifestation of the Spirit anymore. We despise his operation. We are no longer thirsty for his presence anymore. Everything, this is my final statement, everything becomes sense logic, intelligence, and works. That's the ultimate of ignoring the Holy Ghost. Everything becomes brain work, becomes sense, intelligence, becomes logic, becomes works. 
everything is saying. Because you, 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 you now feel you are very smart. You now think that you are the one that has the right to promote your life. Listen, if God doesn't promote you, walk from Nati Daikidoko, you won't go far. Because the race is not for the swift. The battle is not for the strong, nor bread for men of skill, or riches for men of skill. He said, but time and chance happens to if you have enough intelligence in that your pain not bring, you will realize that you had nothing to do with being born into this world. What makes you think that the one who brought you here will not have a provision or a purpose for why you are here and that you will need his help to get there? We become entangled with the things of this life and we forget that we're on here on a mission and we're missing out what the Holy Ghost is saying. Rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. You're going to pray a very special prayer. And I pray you pray it from your heart. Three ways, three heart blockers. Offense. We're going to pray through each of those prayers. Resisting the Holy Spirit and quenching the Spirit. If you're going to build intimacy with God, you must deal with offense. Who has offended you? Absalom was offended by his brother, his stepbrother, because his stepbrother slept with his sister from his own mother's side. And because David the father didn't act as he should have acted, he nursed an offense in his heart. I want everybody to look at me. He nursed an offense in his heart for two years and schemed to kill his stepbrother for two years. There are some of you here you are angry because of what your father did, your uncle did to you. Until today, what they did to you 20 years ago is still controlling you. It has become a voice in your life. In fact, you don't trust anybody because of what somebody did to you years ago. And you come to church and that anger is still in your heart. The first prayer we're going to pray, we're going to ask the Lord, Father, whatever offense, maybe the Holy Ghost will bring something in your, your mind. I'm sure he will do that. Or bring something to your heart. Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your wife. Or maybe it's your uncle. Or maybe it's your family. Or maybe it's your colleague in the office or something that has made you so angry. Remember offenses in three ways. It's envy. Maybe you are beginning to feel that you are miserable because you are not like your friend that you graduated from school at the same time. That's offense. Be content with such thing as you Stop comparing your life with other people. Some of you are upset and unhappy. You don't know it's offensive. You are upset and happy because some things have not yet happened. You've not gone to some places you thought by now you would have gone. You have not seen some things you thought by now you would have seen. You've not done some things you thought by now you would have done. And so you are angry. Even when you come to church, the way you look at your fellow brother and sister is with anger because you feel unaccomplished. You're going to repent of that. Whatever the offense is, you're going to ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, help me. And I ask and receive forgiveness from every offense that has grounded me. Open your mouth and pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. What is that offense? What is that thing when it comes to your mind? You're angry. You're upset. You don't complain out, but you murmur on the inside. You're angry. You don't know the thing is grounding you. Lord, I receive forgiveness from everyone. Pray, ask God. 
As you're praying, the Holy Ghost may even show you. Maybe there's someone you see that's always making you angry. Or you quarrel some. You always quarrel, you, you argument, you are difficult. Or there's division in your heart and in your life. Ask the Lord, I receive forgiveness. I hope you are praying. No talking. Pray, pray, pray. Holy Spirit, any offense in my heart that is grinding me, that is preventing me, and, and, and preventing me from listening to you, Spirit of God, I ask for forgiveness. I receive forgiveness from every offense in my heart. The Holy Ghost may tell you. You may not have even told the person. And that thing may be the thing blocking the next breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Everybody look at me. A woman had a tumor in her neck. And he came out for prayer. As the man of God laid hands on her, the Lord spoke to him and said, you have an offense in you. You're angry with somebody. Guess what? The person she's upset with is in church. Another woman. And the, the, the man of God said, forgive her. He said, eh, forgive her. Pastor, if you know what she did to me, you know, first always what she did or what she said. Abby, she was angry and they were in the same church. He said, Lord, say you have to forgive her. And she decided to obey. May you not be stubborn when the Holy Ghost tells you to change. As she forgave, the tumor disappeared instantly. So can you imagine she was carrying a problem because of offense? Many of us are carrying stuff today that we have no business carrying because we're offended. Because when you are offended, you disconnect from the help of the Holy Ghost. The second thing we're going to pray is resisting the Holy Ghost. And there are two ways to resist. You're going to pray, Lord, every root of stubbornness in my heart. Some of you are very stubborn. Very stubborn. You don't like to listen. You will still do what you want to do. You're going to pray any stubbornness that will not make me progress. Lord, root it out of my heart. Open your mind and pray that. Because the first way to resist the Holy Ghost is by being stiff-necked. The children of Israel stayed in the wilderness for 40 years because they were stubborn. There are many people today that life has reached a holding point because they are stubborn. They don't want to listen. What is that thing that is making you stubborn? Let it go. Your destiny is too far a price to pay. Holy Spirit, every root of stiff neck, stiff neck, being stubborn, being fixated on what I want, and maybe you want me to change, you want me to be better. Every root of stubbornness. Some of you are even happy that they call you stubborn. You have worn it like a cap. So, so you don't know say I'm stubborn. No, no, as no. It's not a compliment. It's a reproach. Being stubborn is a reproach. Ask the Holy Spirit. Every root of stubbornness in my soul. Let it be rooted out. And the second aspect of resisting the Holy Ghost is uncircumcised in heart and ear. I want to pray. Lord. I want to grow. I want to grow in you. 
If you don't want growth, you will not grow. Spiritual growth is initiated. It has to come from a heart of willingness. Open your mind and pray. Say, Lord, I want to grow. I want to progress spiritually. I want to grow. I'm tired of being in this level. I've stayed on this mountain long enough. I want to progress. I want to progress. I want to progress. I want to grow. Tell him. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He's your helper. You can't talk the same language year in year, month and month in and month out. I want to grow. There are so many things you've laid ahead of me. I want to tap into them. So I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to be able to hear you. I want to be able to be led by you. I want to grow. And finally, the third area we're going to pray about is quenching the Holy Ghost. We're going to pray, Spirit of God, forgive me. Forgive me for ignoring you. There were times I knew you were the one telling me, but I didn't listen. I still wanted to do what I wanted to do. We're going to tell the Holy Spirit, forgive me for ignoring you. From today, I receive grace from you to stop quenching you in my life. To stop despising you in my life. Open your mouth and pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. Tell him, Lord, Tell him, Lord, I don't want to ignore you anymore. I don't want to ignore you anymore. In Jesus' name. All eyes closed. If there's anyone here, if you're not born again, all eyes closed, please. If you're not born again, you've not accepted Jesus, you've not acknowledged him as your Lord. I'm not talking about coming to church. Coming to church is good. But if you're not saved, it doesn't make any sense. Because if you were to leave the earth today, you go to a destiny without God. If you're here, you want to accept it. Lift your hand up and pray for me. All eyes closed, please. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the strength. from your heart.
lay your two hands on your head. You're going to pray this prayer for about a minute. We're going to go round up. You're going to pray. You're going to pray this prayer. Hear this. You say after me. Are you ready? Say, in the name of Jesus, I release myself. I release myself. And everything that concerns me from every limitations and excuses in Jesus' name. Now begin to pray in tongue for the next one minute. Pray in tongue. Leave your hand on your head and pray. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Reba baba baba kose gedeba mambros kete malaga magazubele gedara alego mazegege bolaga denama ribado segedera bandelama reba baba baba koso bregedegedema mambro bagade kalagila sobradina mambros keladina bakola dea eka baba kaliba sobranga dele madina abromanga baba sikaliba kaliba dola eka baba kaliba subalaga dena eka baba kaliba subalaga dena eka baba kaliba do subalaga come on the next 30 seconds begin to pray in the holy ghost salaga madia Lembrose kabale gamane kalamangala Ambrose gede kalamangela bakele deama Labro kadere kosha badeama Mambose kalemaha In Jesus name Now say with me say precious Holy Spirit In the name of Jesus Touch me And fill me afresh Touch me And fill me afresh Touch me and fill me afresh. Finally, pray in tongue for the next one minute. Then we'll round up. Come on. Elelabo shalaba gerede kalama mangela mambale gerede adalamande gerede lambrose gerede mango balagamela gababaka rambose geko balakata reka mama sobre gerede rebato magatalina na remanga sobre kote rekatu balagababa gerede. Open your mouth and pray, pray, pray from your heart. In Jesus' name. Stretch your hand towards me. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray and decree over your people. A fresh touch from your spirit. A fresh touch from your spirit. I pray upon each and everyone here that there will be refreshing of the Holy Ghost. That there will be refreshing of the Holy Ghost in their lives in the name of Jesus. I pray for a divine touch of your spirit upon their life. A divine encounter upon their life. 
that will produce grace for intimacy with you in the name of Jesus Christ I pray father they will grow in you they will grow in you they will grow in their familiarity with you in the name of Jesus and I speak and declare over your life whatever has challenged you and has made a mockery of your faith stops today whatever has been like a question around you instead of an answer is reversed in your good in Jesus name whatever has threatened your health is arrested today in the name of Jesus if you have an ailment in any part of your body and you need God's power to touch you can you raise one hand up and just pray and instantly the power of God healing will hit your body and it will go raise one hand up and lay the other hand in that place I don't care whatever it is whether it's internal or external raise your hand up one hand up raise them put one hand on the other part of your body right now in the name of Jesus I take authority over any affliction in your body I decree on the authority of God's word you are illegal and you you do not belong to this temple this body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and in the name of Jesus the name that is above every other name I demand that that affliction release its grips and hold from your body now in Jesus name now in Jesus name now in Jesus name I command that pain to go I command that pain to disappear I command that growth to disappear I command that heat to stop whatever it is in your body it lives right now in the name of Jesus 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 there's someone here oh there's coming a manifestation of favor for someone here now listen, we are, we, are, we, are, we are all favored, but like I said, faith takes. Faith doesn't just listen, faith collects. So if you believe you are the one, you can receive that. But it's coming a favor, a manifestation of favor. You, you are a child of God, so you are favored by design. But there's a manifestation of that favor that is about to show up in your life. Remember one of the prophetic words God gave to us this year is that we are going to have surprises. You are about to experience a favor that will surprise you in the name of the Lord Jesus. What will happen will so shock you that you will lack words to respond. And the only thing you can do is just lift your hands and give Him praise. I decree that over you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say with me, say, I choose to manifest greatness. Scream and say, I choose to manifest greatness. Say, I choose to manifest greatness. 
Say with me, say greatness is speaking in my life right now. Greatness is speaking in my life right now. In the name of Jesus. There's someone here, by next Sunday, you're coming to give a testimony. If you believe it, receive it. If you don't believe it, ignore it. I said you're coming to give a definite testimony by next Sunday in Jesus' name. 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 Somebody said glory. Somebody said glory. Somebody said glory. Somebody said glory. Lift up your offering. Hallelujah. up your offering. Spirit of God is moving. Spirit of God is moving. Some of you are going to receive prophecies. You, you will just hear a bubbling from your heart flowing. The Holy Ghost will tell you something about you. He will tell you something special to you. Some of you, some of you will receive visions. Some of you will have open vision. You'll be awake, walking, and yet you will see. Some of you will sleep. You will have dreams this night. And, and it will be a message from the Holy Ghost. And you will know. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the impact of your spirit. We return all the praise and the glory back to you. As we give our offering, we ask, Father God, that your grace will continue to abound in our life. We acknowledge you always as our source, supplier, and sustainer. Have your say. Have your way. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You're blessed. Do you have any quote? You can be seated while they take the offering. Hallelujah. Can we read it together? I want to go. Everybody, everybody want to go. Read it one more time. Very good. Go.